Tere, and welcome to History of Estonia podcast, episode six. The Estonian fight for freedom continues. On last week's episode, the crusade against the Estonians got underway. The Estonians attacked Kalpo, the Livonian elder, at his fortress of Tarida. With the attack failing and the retreat being disastrous for the Estonians. Lembitu, the king of Sakala, made a counter-raid against Piskav and made off with plunder and captives. But Lembitu didn't have much time to celebrate because the German crusaders attacked Lembitu's fortress at Leole, and Lembitu surrendered and was converted to Christianity. The Estonians attacked into Livonia in mass at three different locations, with the islanders of Sarama attempting to take Riga. The attacks were a failure, but the Estonians were able to retreat back to Estonia without too many losses. And we were introduced to Lagonia. Well, no, that was a slip of the tongue on last week's episode. There is no place called Lagonia. I, of course, meant Livonia. Oh, well, at least these types of mistakes keeps me humble. We will start this week's episode with a fascinating new development. Trapped at Sarama. Later in the year 1215, bishops Albert and Theodoric, along with nine ships, left Riga in June. The bishops were on their way to Rome for the Fourth Lateran Council. With most of the other men on the ship returning home after their time of crusading was up, a storm forced the ships off course and they seek shelter in a harbor on the island of Sodoma. The islanders sent word out about a German ship sitting in the harbor, and within a short period of time, the islanders were able to raise a small army and a bunch of ships, and they all made their way to the harbor. The Germans were unaware that they were in danger and sent a small boat to the shore to try and harvest some crops they saw growing. On their second trip to the island, the Germans were ambushed and eight men were captured, of which some were killed and the others taken captive. The entrance to the harbor was narrow and the islanders towed small old ships to the entrance of the harbor and block the German escape. It was As there was an army of men on shore blocking the land escape, the crusaders were trapped in the harbor with no means of escape. The islanders built three barges on shore and loaded them up with trees and brush and set them alight and pulled them out into the harbor in the direction of the crusaders' ships. The Estonians and their small boats stayed with the barges, feeding the fire and steering them in the direction of the German vessels. The ships were all gathered together so that, so that they could better defend themselves, but this left no space for maneuvering. According to Henry of Livonia, the flames were taller than the ships. The crusaders hailed Bishop Albert, who had been in his cabin praying, he raised his eyes and hands to heaven and prayed to the Lord to be saved from the fire. Suddenly the winds changed 
and took the first barge away from the ships and out to sea. The islanders lost, launched the second and third barges at the ships, and the crusaders worked to extinguish the flames, throwing water from their ships down onto the barges that were ablaze. Again, the winds changed and took the other barges out to sea. Directly after that, the islanders of Sarama attacked the ships from their smaller boats, shooting arrows and throwing spears, attempting to kill any crusader that showed themselves on deck. The captain on one of the vessels came up with an idea. The ships were not carrying much weight, so they rode high in the water. The idea was to take the ship's anchor on a small boat and row it out in the direction they wanted to go. Drop the anchor in the water, then, with the rope, pull the ship in the direction of the anchor, and then repeat this process over and over again. In this fashion, the ships were able to make their way, little by little, out of the harbor and to safety in the open sea. All this was done while being under constant attack by the islanders. This was a lost opportunity if we look at it from an Estonian point of view. With, Bishop, with Archbishop Albert and the Bishop of Estonia, Theodoric, being on these ships, who knows how things would have changed in Estonia if the ships were able to be captured. The Surrender of Ugandi and Sakala In the summer of 1215, Ugandi was under constant attack by the Germans and especially the Letgalians. The attackers vowed to continue with the onslaught until the Estonians either adopted Christianity or were exterminated. The Estonian side was indeed in a dire situation in Ugandi. There was no help to be had, and taking into consideration the possibility of the Russians attacking, they sent a peace envoy to Riga to sue for peace. After some negotiations, the Estonians agreed to be christened. The residents of Sakala, after hearing of the surrender of Ugandi, also asked for peace and invited priests to complete the christening. The christening of Ugandi did not sit well with Prince Vladimir of Pskov, and he sent raiding parties in autumn of 1216. After the raid, the people of Ugandi, along with their new allies, made a raid into Pskov on the day of the Epiphany, January 6, 1217. The timing worked well for the attackers because the Russians of Pskov were celebrating with feasts and drink and the forces from Ugandi were able to make their way home with prisoners, cattle, horses, and loot. Only after this attack did the Russians of Pskov and Novgorod fully understand the threat posed by the Germans. The Russians started dis discussing and even planning an attack on Riga with the Estonians. They first joined into an alliance with the Estonians of Sarma on a joint attack in the year 1216, along with the Russians of Polotsk. But the attack was canceled due to the sudden death of Prince Vladimir of Pskov. With the last raid of Ugandi in, in, into Pskov aside, 
the Russians were willing to work with some Estonian tribes if the opportunity arose. Well, it did. A grand army of Russians and Estonians from Sarama, Haryu, and even some from Sakala, who had previously been christened, gathered outside the fortress of Atupa, hoping to remove the German sword brothers and archers, along with some Christianized Uganians. Henry of Livonia suggests the Russian forces numbered around 20,000 men and had the fortress surrounded. The Russian army had spoiled the water supply to the fort by throwing corpses of local Estonians in it. The siege was on its 17th day when a relieving army of 3,000 Germans showed up. The relieving army must have been startled to see such a large Russian force. The Germans, however, disregarded the fear they must have had and engaged the Russians and were taking heavy losses but managed to fight their way into the fortress. This did not help the situation inside the fortress, however. The food and water supply was nearly depleted, and now they had many more people to share in their meager provisions. The situation inside the fort was dire, but outside the fort, it wasn't going well for the Russian army either. Before the siege started, the Russians went on, to, on a destructive rampage of the local area, laying waste to crops and food stores. Since the siege was dragging on, the Russian food supply for their 20,000 men was getting dangerously low and the men were going hungry. After the, after the relieving army had been in the fort for three days, representatives of both sides met. The surrender of the fort was agreed upon under conditions that the German army must leave not only the area, but all of Estonia back to Livonia. And that is what happened. This was the largest defeat of the crusader in the war to date. However, a crusading zeal had come over the Holy Roman Empire, and thousands of men had pledged to go on crusade. And, it, and when it came time to fulfill their obligation, many found it was much cheaper, quicker, and easier to hop on a boat and head north for a little while, as fulfilling their crusading obligation in the Holy Land was a much more expensive and time-consuming proposition. Therefore, Albert's recruitment drive in the year 1217 was very successful and an influx of crusaders were on their way. The Battle of St. Matthew's Day The fact that more crusaders were on their way was a good thing for Riga, as there was an army of 6,000 Estonians being formed by the elder Limbitu from the areas of Haryu, Lanama, Yarva, and Sarama, with the plan on attacking Livonia. The, the German side didn't want to wait for the Estonian attack, so an army of 3,000 men, comprised of sword brethren, crusaders, men from the bishop's household, and local Livonian and Let fighters. The master of the sword brothers had heard that the Estonian army were massing in Viljandi and marched that way, wanting to take the fights to the Estonians. The Russians had also promised to help, but on St. Matthew's Day, September 24th, 
September 21st, 1217, have yet to show up. So both sides lined up, ready to fight with who they had. The Estonian units were waiting in the woods and sprang on the crusaders in three groups. The German side was also lined up in three groups, with the sword brethren and the German crusaders in the middle, with the Livonians under Kalpo on the right wing, and the Letts were lined up on the left. The Estonians had success against the Livonians and were driving them back. However, the Germans in the center charged and were able to force their way into the Estonian line, causing some of the Estonians to flee. The Letts also had success attacking the Estonians, fleeing from the German attack of the center, killing some Estonian elders, most notably Lembitu, the elder of Sakala and Estonian national hero. The Livonians continued to suffer, bearing the full brunt of an Estonian lance attack, striking down the Livonian elder Kalpo, who later died from his wounds. Henry of Livonia says this about Kalpo's death, quote, Kalpo, indeed, who had been run clear through by a lance, faithfully commemorating the Lord's passion, receiving the sacrament of the Lord's body, gave up the spirit in a sincere confession of the Christian religion. After he had heard first, after he had first divided up his goods among the churches established in Livonia, Count Albert, the abbot, and all who were with them mourned over, mourned over him. His body was burned, and the bones were taken away to Livonia and buried at Kubosalane. Sorry for the mispronunciation. Even with Kalpo's death, the Christians had won the battle, chasing the fleeing Estonians into the swamps and wildernesses, killing them wherever they were found. Nearly 2,000 Estonian horses were taken, as well as many weapons. The remaining Estonians on the battlefield had their spirit broken and converted to Christianity. The separate Estonian tribes gave hostages, agreed to baptism, and promised to pay tithes to the Livonian church. After the battle, foreign troops camped in Lombitu's village and plundered the local area for three days. The Battle of St. Matthew's Day was a serious defeat for the Estonians, but this did not end their fight. The Estonians that were defeated were only the ones living in the border region between Estonia and Livonia. Throughout the rest of Estonia, they were, de they were defiant. Bishop Albert realized this and that a difficult and bloody fight lay ahead, and that to conquer all of Estonia, he, he could use some more help. So Bishop Albert headed back to Saxony, looking for new recruits. But there was bad news for Albert. Apparently, his superior, Archbishop Gerhardt, had been secretly talking to King Valdemar II of Denmark and forbade Bishop Albert from preaching the Crusades in Saxony. A barred crusader ship and barred crusader ships from using the ports of Lübeck. This meant that not only would he not be able to conquer new territories in Estonia, but would have a difficult time even protecting and holding already conquered territory.
So, in the summer of 1218, Bishop Albert met with King Valdemar II of Denmark, with, with hat in hand, to work out a plan. With King Valdemar's help, Bishop Albert wanted to start a new, a new recruitment drive and take all of Estonia. King Valdemar agreed, but the condition was Estonia and Livonia were to be subjects of Denmark. So, without any good options left, Bishop Albert agreed. Well, a lot has happened in this episode. Archbishop Albert and Bishop Theodoric were almost killed or captured in Asarama Harbor. Ugandi and Sakala, being threatened with extermination, agreed to be converted to Christianity. The Russians, seeing that the German threat was real and quite large, sent an army of 20,000 strong together with local Estonians and forced the fortress of Adopai to surrender, and the Germans agreed to surrender the fortress and leave Estonia. Trying to follow up on, on their success, a large Estonian army gathered in Viljandi to attack Riga. But before they could, a large crusading army attacked, and the historically important Battle of St. Matthew's Day occurred and the Estonians were defeated and rechristened. In this battle, the Estonian king or elder, but certainly national hero, Limbitu, was killed. Along with the most influential Livonian elder, Kalpo, who was run through by an Estonian lance. And if things weren't going bad enough for the Estonians, Archbishop Albert of Livonia, had just agreed to be a subject of the King of Denmark, opening the opportunity for Denmark to join in on the Crusades. Thank you for listening. Until next time, Nagamisini.